everyone. Welcome to Cloud Busting, a podcast that meditates on how we can heal the societal traumas of today. I am Joy Melanson, and this episode, our first and perhaps only episode, will focus on transgender people being incarcerated, specifically transgender women who have been placed in men's prisons. Before we dive into the subject, though, I'd like to preface by saying I hope you're all as well as you can be during these certainly trying times. I hope you are taking care of yourselves, taking care of your immune systems, along with taking care of your general mental health. And I encourage you to do stretches throughout the day that your body feels it needs. Likewise, taking the time to breathe and to center yourself. In times like these of strife and confusion, despite our immediate reaction of wanting to flee, it is important to really be present within difficult circumstances. In doing so, we are allowing ourselves to confront these circumstances and thereby see past them. With that being said, wherever you are right now, I invite you to take a few moments to tune into your body, close your eyes, stand, sit, or lay still, and come into the body. Just feel. What does it feel like to be you today? How does the body feel? How does the mind feel? Now take a deep breath in for one, two, three, hold, and then release. One, two, three. Second breath, inhale. One, two, three, hold, and exhale. One, two, three. Third one, inhale. One, two, three, four, five, hold. And now this time on the exhale, let out a big sigh. (sighs) Letting it all go, letting it all leave you. There we are. Thank you for taking the time to arrive with me. So, as you all know, times have not been easy, especially for people placed in federal and state prisons. The virus has swept through entire prison facilities in certain states with thousands of inmates testing positive. Some states have dealt with the issue by releasing prisoners en masse. They then enter into an unstable world which does not provide the same resources that they normally would have received under different circumstances. And in regards to how COVID-19 is impacting the trans community, because of just general discrimination and transphobia, trans people are usually more reluctant to seek the medical attention that they might need. It goes without saying, but trans people are marginalized and marginalized people are the ones who are at most risk during this time. Like I said, 
Today, we are focusing on trans women in men's prisons, but with everything as in flux as it is, I felt it was necessary to point out how transgender people and inmates are affected. Delving deeper into the actual subject matter, I'll start off by saying that gender has always been policed throughout time and numerous cultures, we can continuously observe institutions in power policing acts or behaviors that rebel against prescribed gender norms. These acts of gender policing can be placed on a spectrum of severity that range from minor taunts and cajoling to the specific targeting and then eradication of a particular group. One example of that targeted eradication happened in the 1500s when the Spanish conquistadors encountered the native peoples of what is today California. They observed that many tribes were organized into three genders. There were men and women, and then there was a third group that the Spanish couldn't categorize, for their gender did not exist within the binary of their own culture. It it's unclear as to why exactly, but the conquistadors referred to the people of the third gender as Hoyas, which in English translates to jewels. The Hoyas were biologically male, but took on the same roles as the women of the tribe, and likewise, they too partnered with men. The conquistadors performed a gender side upon the Hoyas. Now, when I say gender side, I'm referring to the genocide or deliberate and systematic destruction of a specific gender. Accounts taken from the diaries and daily logs of priests detail gathering up groups of Hoyas and releasing packs of rabbit dogs upon them. The evidence of the Hoyas' existence is minimal. Traces of their existence are found in footnotes or simply noted in passing. For the most part, they are only mentioned in regards to the details of their eradication. Jumping forward a couple hundred of years, let us now focus on the queer scene of the 1960s. It was during these times that the police would do random sweeps at gay bars. People who were discovered to be wearing three articles of clothing or more that conflicted with the gender they were assigned at birth were arrested. It was in jail that these people would be subjected to a barrage of taunts, beatings, and rape. And it has been documented that it was not just the other inmates who committed these acts, but police officers as well. From the gender side of the Hoyas, to the police brutality against queer people of the past century, we can trace a legacy of violence against people who express gender variances that are not tolerated by institutions in power. Nowadays, we no longer see targeted mass gender sides and likewise the brutality against trans people and just people in general who express gender variance has decreased to a certain extent, but the legacy of gender policing continues on by placing trans women into men's prisons. Transgender women who have to serve their sentence in a men's prison 
are at such an unprecedented high risk for sexual, physical, emotional, and psychological abuse. Since the 1870s, U.S. prisons have been divided by gender, and for good reason. Previous to the separation of men and women in the penal system, women underwent an abhorrent amount of sexual abuse. In this day and age, the general consensus is that gender is not based on someone's genitals, but rather how they feel. With that modern understanding, it's not that prisons are divided by gender, but rather they are divided by genitals. Basically, if you have a vagina, you are placed in a woman's prison, a penis, a men's prison. So for trans women, those who have received gender confirmation surgery are placed in a woman's prison, while those who have not are placed into a men's. What is most notable about this issue is that trans women in men's prisons do not even have the option to receive gender confirmation surgery and transfer to a woman's penitentiary. So they have to serve the rest of their sentence in a men's prison. Here are the two sides of the debate. People who support trans rights claim that by not giving transgender people gender confirmation surgery, this cruel and unusual punishment under the Eighth Amendment. The other side claims that gender confirmation surgery is not necessary and in actuality is a waste of taxpayers' dollars. My belief is in alignment with the former, for I too feel that if you are someone who identifies as a woman but are placed in a men's prison, it is not only a slap in the face in regards to your gender identity, but this is the most volatile, most vulnerable situation that a trans person can be placed in. These women are being set up to experience mass amounts of daily trauma. And to me, they are some of the most vulnerable people in the country. The lives, experiences, and hardships of trans inmates first received mass public attention in 2013 with Orange is the New Black's Sophia Bursett, a trans woman sent to prison for credit card fraud, played by Laverne Cox. Although the show documents Sophia's experience with a level of admirable clarity, it is important to note that her character had already received confirmation surgery, and so she was placed into an all-women's prison. An actual trans woman who currently serves her sentence in a men's penitentiary is Adriadmo. She's an interesting case study because she's currently confronting this debate head-on. She sued the state of Idaho, the state where she is currently imprisoned, for not providing, providing her the gender confirmation surgery that she claims that she desperately needs. Last year, the district court actually recognized that to deny her surgery would be a violation of her medical needs, and beyond that, could be considered cruel and unusual punishment. Idaho then appealed to the Ninth Circuit Court, and they agreed with the district court. 
much to the frustration of Idaho Governor Brad Littler, along with just the general consensus of Idaho's public. So, as of now, Adri Edmo is preparing the surgery, which is supposed to happen in about six months' time. Adri Edmo is the first trans inmate to have made it this far with the court system and advocating for her rights for gender confirmation surgery. If in the next six months there is no drastic change in court proceedings and she does receive the surgery, it will mark a newfound understanding of how transgender people exist within the criminal justice system. By extension, it will also mark a newfound understanding of trans rights in general. So why exactly is this issue important to me as an individual, as someone who identifies as a transgender non-binary person? I feel a deep level of empathy towards the women who are placed into this situation. I'm an artist and the art that I create has the intention of healing. My intention with my artwork is that it not only heals me, the maker, but also heals the individual viewer and by extension heals trauma at a societal scale. Engaging with Marshall Rosenberg, the psychologist who invented nonviolent communication, which is a strategy for resolving conflict, whether at the level of two individuals or at the level of two countries, he states that if we really want to have power in change, whether it's personal change, changing an individual, or changing society, we need to come from a consciousness from how the world can be better. And this brings me to the dream. A couple months ago, I had this bizarre, really vivid dream. I dreamed of a society that even though it was in the future, the technology had regressed. This one man had severely harmed another. He was brought to a place similar to a prison in that they brought you there for having committed a crime. But it was different in the way that it was not a punishment, but rather a way of cleansing yourself of that negative, violent action. A way of replacing harmful behaviors with ones that were better for both the individual and the community. In that dream, people felt so resolved and whole after having served their time that they didn't want to leave. Rather, they wanted to continue marinating in that wholeness. I did not mention this initially, but the reason why Adriano the trans inmate who is fighting to receive gender confirmation surgery is in prison is because she sexually assaulted a minor. Now, I invite you to ask yourself, would knowing that have changed whether you believe that she should receive surgery or not? Or at least, 
Are you perhaps not rooting for her as much as you might have been previously? Trauma and violence are cyclical. People raised in violent environments almost always grow up to be violent individuals themselves. They then are imprisoned as punishment for being violent and they're locked away with other violent people and they just continue to soak in that violence. Finally, they're released and it's not that much of a surprise that many prisoners often reoffend and then return to prison. In that same vein though, love and compassion are cyclical. It is my personal belief that if we changed our understanding of prison from a place that detains and punishes those who have done wrong to instead a place that restores, a place that aids in the rehabilitation of those seeped in violence, our society would be much safer and more focused on the collective well-being of all. In regards to all trans women who are currently placed in a men's penitentiary, it does not matter what they have done, what crime they have committed to be placed in prison. Ultimately, they are in an incredibly vulnerable situation that one, denies their gender identity, and two, does not allow for the rehabilitation. Thank you all so much for tuning into Cloud Busting. It has truly been such a delight. I am interested in hearing all kinds of feedback. Do you agree, disagree, or are somewhere in between? Do you feel that more points need to be discussed that were not made? Uh, send me a quick message. My info is in the description. Thank you again. Until next time.